0: it's your boy jamar tisby aka j aka dr j aka the big dog as the legendary actor jonathan majors once called me but that is neither here nor there what we are here for is an incredible interview that i got to have with sybil fox and robert richardson aka fox and rob you know i get these interview requests for our podcast all the time through email. And every once in a while, something comes across my inbox that I just have to drop everything and make sure that we make happen. And this is one of those interviews. What you need to know about Fox and Rob, they're a popular New Orleans-based couple who endured and survived 21 years as an incarcerated family. To put a finer point on it, what had happened was In 1997, Rob, the husband, uh, attempted to rob a bank. He got caught, and as a first offender in Louisiana, he was sentenced to 61 years, a result of overzealous prosecution. But that was not the end of their story. Fox, his partner, his spouse she fought for his release. Now, she herself was in prison. And when she got out in 2002, she helped to lead a valiant charge to regain her husband's freedom. And finally, in June 2018, Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards granted clemency to Rob, and then 90 days later, he was finally released after, as they will tell us, 21 years and four days in prison. So they already told part of this story in an Academy Award nominated, that's right, an Academy Award nominated documentary called Time. It's on streaming services now, highly encourage you to check it out. But that was only part of the story. So now they have come out with a book also called Time, the untold story of the love that held us together when incarceration kept us apart. This is the rest of that story told in vivid detail. It is heartbreaking and tragic as we look at the criminal legal system, but it's also joyful and funny as Fox and Rob, their voices come through so clearly in the text. So we get to talk about it. And... You're going to see, I mean, these are, these are like the, the, the auntie and uncle I never had. They laugh a lot. They have such a good attitude and such good spirits after the ordeal they endured. And by the way, Fox was raising their six sons, six sons on her own uh, while, while her husband was in prison. They have this inner light. The Holy Spirit just just shines through, and you are going to understand why, right after the interview, I was like, I need to go on ahead and drive down to New Orleans right now, just so I can hang out with them in person. So listen to this interview. It originally aired as an Instagram Live, so there are some spots where the audio is not going to be the ultra high quality that you are used to, but you're going to get the gist. Just wanted to give you a heads up, and also check out my substack jamartisby.substack.com and my Instagram at jamartisby for details about how you can enter to win a free copy of their book, Time, The Untold Story of the Love That Held Us Together When Incarceration Kept Us Apart. You can get your free copy, follow along at my Substack or Instagram. Enjoy this interview with Fox and Rob. Hey, y'all, it is great to sort of virtually meet you. I feel like I I know you a little bit from watching the documentary and reading the book. So first of all, thank you for joining us today. And also thank you for sharing up yourselves through this documentary and now through this book.
1: We are novice writers, so we definitely (laughs) consider it an honor and a blessing to have this opportunity to speak with you and share with your followers. Our our story and um, the blessings that God has done in it through us.
0: Well, you're too kind, and as if you haven't done enough, I recently learned that um, (laughs) you are running for state. Is that not incredible? Representative,
1: because my entire life I wanted to be a public servant, and unfortunately, um, before as soon as I get in position to offer myself in service. The devil shows up and takes my whole family in another direction. And for many people in states like Texas and, and some other states like Alabama, when you've been convicted of a crime, you can never again run for you. In, in Florida, at one point, you couldn't even vote anymore. Um, but in the state of Louisiana, as long as you are five years past your right. offense which I am over two decades past my offense, my transgression, then I am able to restore myself and seek public office. And so I've been doing the work as a private citizen for the past 25 years. And when this seat became available, because our state representative um, in a special election was elected to the state Senate, um, had a conversation with him about who would replace him because he's a strong voice for criminal justice reform in in our house. And to lose his voice, even though it's being elevated, was really going to hurt our community. And and he agreed to support me and found value. And I met him not in New Orleans, not at a second line, not not at a birthday party or wedding. I met him uh, at the Capitol. Um, getting a bill authored as a private citizen. And so it has just been, when you ask how is the campaign going, Jamar, I would have to tell you, but God. Here I am as a formerly incarcerated woman, and I have the endorsement of Mm. my United States Senator, Troy um, Troy Carter. I have the endorsement of my senator. I have the endorsement of the majority of my city council members. Um, and, And the list just goes on and on. So when we talk about where we've come from and then you can look and see where God has elevated us. I, I say all the time we came in first in the primary election in February. Uh, out of seven other candidates, um, two of which had run for public Ooh. office before, we came three. in first. Uh, three Four. had run for public office before. We came in first in the primary, and uh, and now the runoff is March 25th on Rob's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> And I say to people all the time that uh, I've already won. Just to be here in this position, in this moment in time, to have God uh, validate me as a servant of the people uh, to this magnitude, uh, I've already won. And and that's why we come running in here trying to pull ourselves together. Mm -hmm. I would have done my hair real cute for you and your family, but... I've been canvassing since um, 11 o'clock today, knocking on doors and asking people for their vote. So if you have us back again soon, I promise I'm gonna clean up a little better.
0: (laughs) You look amazing and you're doing amazing work. Uh, We wish you the best and and I will keep um, my folks posted on your campaign because I'll be watching with interest. Um, So we've got this upcoming book called Time. And, and Rob, I know you've rehearsed this story many, many times, but you know, it, it was just so compelling. <laughs> uh, high school sweethearts <laughs> on again, off again. You decide, okay, we're going to be on again. And then you want to start your own business, which I love. I'm an entrepreneur myself, but it doesn't go as you hoped and that leads you to certain decisions. Rob, can you pick up the story from there? Uh, As Fox and I, uh, like many
2: young people uh, at our age, uh, we believed in the American dream and uh, we we sought to uh, to pursue it. Uh, Oftentimes though, we're not necessarily uh, blessed or um, uh, afforded an opportunity to uh, secure bank loans, uh, to get funding, uh, the adequate funding that we need in order to get things going uh that being said uh that was just one um you know element to uh, to all of what placed us in uh, in such a lowly place uh to even think that that was the uh the only choice that we had uh to regain financial solvency for our family uh but coupled with uh uh what we thought was going to be a dream house turned out to be a house from hell uh additions had been made to the house. It was sitting on a cracked foundation. Uh when it rained, uh, uh literally uh it poured. Uh the roof was uh you know was a damaged roof. And we had a son, uh, our third oldest son that was uh experiencing uh seizures. And uh had an uh, undiagnosed ailment that our doctors couldn't seem to figure out. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I may mention, you know, just uh, we sought to uh, regain financial solvency through a bad decision that we made, one that uh, ultimately ended up costing us more than two decades of our life.
1: You talk about in the first six months of us being married after 10 mm-hmm. years of dating on again and off again three children between us. And we think we have finally got it right. And, um, and, and when you add that into the fact that I was teaching college at Southern University, and at the end of the summer session, they discontinued my program. So I'm out of a job. We discovered that the business that we were opening, we had broken as novice. We broke the three primary rules of business, location, 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 if that wasn't enough, the investor that we had for the business, as soon as we come back with the with the orders for the clothing for the store, decides to pull out on us without notice. So it was like everything that could happen to us, Jamar, did happen to us in that first six months of marriage. I had a girlfriend yeah. that teased me. She says, wow, you guys were only together <laughs> six months before you were facing 297 years in prison. And I was like, yes, yes. And and she said, wow, that must have been an amazing six months. (laughs) To which I responded, it was so incredible that I would spend the next 21 years of my life fighting to get it back because God had given us family and we thought that if we could just get the finances that we needed for our family, we would have everything that we needed, only to discover that we already had everything we needed. Jamar, we had each other, we had love, and we had family. Mm. And um, with that Mm. in mind, it just made it so that um, it took that falling that lowly in life to really assess what God had already blessed you with.
0: Mm, My, my, my. So (laughs) you, you, you were raising six boys on the outside and you were in Angola, the most violent prison in America. What's mind boggling to me uh, among the many things is how you, I, and I, I believe this, and, and I need you to help me understand it. Is how you say in the book you had focused on money, and that wasn't the pro, that wasn't the highest priority. If you had focused on what you did have and focused on love, help me understand this this real world situation of being dealt blow after blow after blow, a lot of it unjustly, to where you are almost destitute. And then having the perspective to say, but what really matters or what That's was right. the highest priority were, were the I think my wife probably says, it best, uh, she that, says that love is the most divine
2: chemical mm. in the universe and it dissolves everything that is not of itself. Uh, oftentimes, I mm. think that we as people, we, have, we, we fail to uh, all <laughs> to remember that love is adequate. Uh, that love is the strategy, that it's how we get there. Um, oftentimes we, we get so caught up on the materialism and the material things that we actually forget about the one thing that, um, that is, you know, the, the most powerful thing. And that is, uh, that is, uh, that is, uh, that is love. Yeah. If, if
1: if I would probably add to that, if I may, was for me, uh Jamar, it was being in that prison cell facing 297 years on suicide watch because the warden had told the jailers to put me on suicide watch because yeah. I was in so much trouble. They just believed I was going to try and take my own life. It was lying there, not having a television, no windows, no sunlight, no clock, nothing. I was left just with myself, with my own soul. And it was in that moment that I had to decide whether I was better off dead or alive.
0: Did your children keep you going?
1: For me, it was in that moment, actually hearing my heartbeat. Because as I heard my heartbeat, I thought that... I was reminded mm-hmm. that it was of not my own volition. I wasn't doing anything to make my heart sustain my life force. You know, I was not telling my lungs to expand and deflate. Mm-hmm. That there was a being that is operating inside of me that is keeping all of this going. There's a higher intelligence that, bought me that sustains me on this journey. And so my goal was to just tap into that life force and remember that if I was here, I was here for a purpose, mm-hmm. even in the midst of all this trouble, even in the midst but, of all this self-created that's right, that's drama right. in my life, that God still had a purpose and a meaning for my life.
2: You next person want to pass the offering, around. Right? I know you're <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> ministering to people right now. If, if you minister, can see the hole in me, I'm over here bouncing my foot <laughs> I'm <on>. saying, I'm <laughs> saying,
0: listen, <laughs> <laughs> the doors of the church are open, Uh, amen. I love that you call the the film treatment and the book Time. And I'm wondering if you can talk about how these past several decades now have affected your relationship with Time. How do you think about it differently? What's your perspective?
1: Well, I ain't got time to play. I ain't got time to waste. I ain't got time to fool around. I ain't (laughs) ain't got no time for foolishness. You know, I just, you know, all of those things that um, uh, time is short. Time is not promised. Time is... You know, no matter how rich or how poor we are, no matter if we are black or if we are white, time is the one commodity commodity in this life that none of us can judge how much of it we're going to have. Can't buy it. Can't buy it, can't sell it, can't trade it, you Mm -hmm. know, can't barter for more um, Mm of it. And
2: probably the craziest thing when you think about it is is that no matter who you are, you don't get to determine when your time is up. Ooh, speak on it, Rob. I mean, you know, you're not guaranteed 85 good long years. Uh, you don't know if it's going to happen in the day. You don't know if it's going to happen in the morning. You don't right. know when it's going to happen. When it's over, it, it it's over. You know, so it's important uh, to always stay mindful of of the moment that you're given. Because it's in that moment that you're giving that everything counts. It's the power of now. The
1: power of now. And so one of the big challenges for us and maybe for some of your um, viewers here, some of your Instagram family, um, Jamar, was that it. can you imagine how difficult it is to know that you have an indefinite sentence? They had given Rob a practical life sentence and so 60 years we didn't know how much time we were ha- going to have to do so it was really about trusting the process it was almost like being on death row you never know when they're going to execute you but you know you're going mm, yeah. and so for us you know i i found myself in a in a season living for when Bob would come home. Everything was, Oh, but we're going to do this when Bob comes home. Oh, we're going to do that when Bob comes home. Life is going to be so good when Bob comes home. But truthfully, what mm-hmm. I had to struggle with and move past and conquer was I had to want, if I believe that God was going to deliver him home, then I had to rejoice now
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the moment. In the trenches, even when I don't have an wow. out day, I had to rejoice yeah. now and then. I had to make sure that I was living for now because there was no—I had no um, guarantees that w- that I was going to see when he came home. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes, yes. So it made time more precious, yeah. more urgent. Even that is incredible. I'm wondering. So, so we we we. The wonderful excuse for this conversation, which I hope is, is only a first, is, is this book coming out. Uh, you already had an Academy Award nominated documentary, and now you have the book. So what made it, what motivated you?
2: Time, the documentary is a
0: mesmerizing portrait of resilience and radical
2: love, as, uh, one, uh, critic, uh, would so eloquently put it. Um, uh, but truth of the matter, uh, is, is that time was a very broad stroking of what our experience had been like through uh, 21 years and four days of Louisiana's criminal uh, justice system. That being said, uh, us wanting to put this story out had more to do with the fact that we wanted to warn others. We wanted to let others know that this Mm -hmm. place exists and that uh, Mm -hmm. slavery had not been abolished when we thought that it had because when you have been duly convicted of a crime, which is the exception to both our state's and our federal constitutions, then slavery is very much back, back in play. So what we were hopeful to do was to be able to give the story in a more broader wow. sense. Um, in, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a more detailed sense. So it made, um, out of necessity, the literary companion mm-hmm. came forth. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't, you know, as rosy, as rosy as, uh, time the documentary kind of makes it feel. I mean, it kind of has a feel good kind of vibe. You know, that happens throughout. It's kind of, you know, real, you know, mystic and, you know, uh, has a different kind of feel to it. it. And people kind of overlook what was really going on in between all of uh, all of those broad strokes, Uh, those phone calls where Fox was being placed on hold. It wasn't just one judge that was placing her on hold. Those were a series of different um, uh, relief opportunities that we were seeking out for relief for our family a reunification for our family where she was being yet again denied and then happening to muster up the courage to say, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go on. And then every year, Jamal, uh, uh, our family, we ended knowing that our, our efforts had been, had been uh, snuffed out. And then yet we had to find the courage to say, but this year, but this year, but this year for 21 and- years,
1: Jamal, This year, this year, but this is, I know, I know we said it last year, but this year. So I just want to challenge those that are listening tonight. God may not be showing up for you this year like you thought, but if you just trust the process, if you just continue to believe, if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, then I promise you that God will deliver those things that you want, but you got to hang on and you cannot give up before your blessings come through. 21 years and four days is what it took us. Three, three sevens. They say seven is the number (laughs) of perfection. And I guess God wanted to make sure three times we got it perfect. (laughs) But when I tell you that it was everything that I could have hoped for and so much more. we say when you're faithful over a few things, God will make you ruler over many. Rob Mm. walks out of the prison of Angola. And then before you know it, we we are off to Sundance and, and, and Garrett Bradley winning the... First African American female to win for a director's Mm. award of a full feature at Sundance. From there, Amazon buys the film for $5 million. From there, we're off, Amazon releases the movie, and then next you know, we're off to the Oscars. I'm Mm. talking about from the gates of Angola to the red carpet at the most exclusive Mm. Oscars ever. Mm. Don't tell me what God won't do it, Jamar. (laughs) Y'all just better hold on in there.
0: I'm saying, I'm saying. So it seemed like your faith got stronger throughout this process. How on earth? Because I can just imagine people looking at your situation or even their own situation. There's something negative. There's something that just knocks them down and saying, either God isn't real or God is real, God's not good. And yet you came out and through this process kept trusting, kept trusting, kept trusting. What, what kind of word do you have to people who are in a situation that's very negative in, in their experience and they're struggling to I believe? I think the biggest <laughs> part
2: of that, uh, um, Jamar, is that you have to be willing to push through and pass the strain. That's just a common, I'm talking about even in, in, physical, in the physical sense. Mm. When you start out, uh, you go to the gym, uh, you start out with the little, uh, them little mm. wimpy 20-pound dumbbells. But, but if you keep curling them, if you keep pushing them, if you keep pressing them, eventually the five pounds go to 20 pounds, the 20 pounds go to 30, 30s go to 50s, 50s go to go 60s, to 60s go to 100. And before you know it, you're like, man, where did all of this come from? Faith works the same way. You got to be able to push past the transgressions. You have to be able to push past uh, the hardships that's going to that's gonna visit us all. For us, it was incarceration for the next person. It may be health concerns. Or it may be medical issues. For another person, it may be a dead-end relationship. For another person, it may be a bad job. For another person, it may be obesity. The difference is, though, is that although we all are doing time in our own ways, the difference from people doing time outside of prison walls is that they Man. have the keys to their own cells. They just have to be willing to let themselves out.
1: Boy, you got this boy been mm-hmm. preaching tonight. Boy. You got Tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Woo. Good night. that is a work for me I'm it's counting the wins that, jamar that's how i time. push Thank fast you. Wow.
1: They, you, the old saying that i saw this uh clip on social media mm. some years ago and it said um it had the glass of water and it said 50 percent water 50 percent air and it says truthfully The glass is always full. When they ask the question, is it half full or half empty? Mm -hmm. This, this, um, this social media post said, truthfully, the glass is always full. When you got your health, when you got your strength, when you got the right state of mind, the glass is always full. So you got to count the wins along the way. We had to count all. We saw so much defeat. And devastation in 21 years. That we had to be masters mm. at counting the winds mm. when we saw them. We would find them. They weren't always prevalent, mm. you know. When you get to digging through the the rumble, the, uh, the <laughs> rubble, trying to find the wind, that's how most of our days were. But boy, we would get to like in a thrift store. We get to digging through those <laughs> rags and the experience and come up with, oh, look what God did. Because every day of our lives, God is doing something that keeps us in the winning position. If it's nothing more than our health and our strength, we are always winning. We just got to learn how to count the wins.
0: Mm. Oh, I needed this. Ooh, thank you so much. Just a couple more quick questions. Y'all have been through a lot in your marriage, even in during separation, coming back together. <laughs> now you wrote a book together. Writing is hard enough. You <laughs> wrote it together. I can just imagine because you go back and forth. It's really seamless. I think the editing turned out great, but I can imagine that was a, a more complicated I and difficult been 21 process. Twenty-one years and the four final days of
2: the Constant expresses. incarceration for me. Isolation is not necessarily as challenging of a thing as it is for my fox right here. But <laughs> boy, when you talk about mm. putting this young lady in a closet, or talking about <laughs> shit in a house. Man, you talk about trying to get trying to get her to focus. <laughs> like Sit trying. down and oh, write. Man. This is your this is your chat. Wow. This is your verse. Oh. Wow. And I, I'm so
1: I'm tired. Well, you say it then? <laughs> you know what I went through. You write that part. <laughs> It was, hard. I would have to say, Rob was so <laughs> graceful with me because, yes, uh, this, uh, I, I probably have undiagnosed ADHD if that's such a thing for my 50 year old <laughs> self. But, baby, sitting still all day trying to put thoughts and experiences on pages was such a challenge. And, and then the other parts of that, um, our story mm-hmm. is so rich and yet it mm-hmm. is, it, we have experienced so much harm on our journey. How much of that do you want to share? How much of this person do you want to name? How What is necessary um, in these words in this time that can really be a blessing to people and, and not a curse? And the other piece that you've got to understand, too, and that I'm hopeful that you're um, that the people that are joining us on the live stream understands and those that have seen the documentary time is that we are in the South, baby. And racism is real. And you don't tell your story. Yeah. Uh, which is the story of others and and not think you're going to pay some price for it. We paid a price for Time the Documentary. A real price. Great they point. found out that we were filming during, the, um, during Rob's um, pardon proceedings and instead of them commuting his sentence for credit for time served they released him through early parole sending him home on 40 years of parole Jamar. After twenty-one years of incarceration, and all of the details that time in the book, so I'm not going to give you all the details here. But that is my point. Is just saying that um, this book is released. Everybody's not happy if we told our story, mm-hmm. and so there's other challenges that come along with it that people never mm-hmm. have a clue no. as to what <laughs> you paid. Um, they they concern themselves with how much did you make, uh, never thinking to themselves how much you actually going to pay for telling your story. Mm-hmm.
2: And then I would have to also add to that, uh, Jamar as well is that there was also a therapeutic, uh, side inside of it all as well. And I say that because of the fact that when you're in the midst of battle, when you're fighting, yes. the last thing that you're concerned with is what your hair looks like, whether or not your makeup is all right, uh, whether or not you got your best pair of jeans on or, mm-hmm. you know, none of those, all mm-hmm. those things are insignificant. And that being said, Fox and I never really had an opportunity to process or unpack what we had experienced for more than two decades, we to this ver- to the very wow. moment in this interview are still unpacking things that have, that have traumatized us for years and years and years. I'm talking about things that we had to suppress just in an effort it. to just make it through the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So oftentimes, you know, people are, you know, like wanting to hear your story mm-hmm. or they want to know this or they want to know that, but they don't understand that In order to do so, I have to go back into my trauma in order to give you what you're hopeful for. Right. And man, um, you know, we had to have therapists. You know what I'm saying? Uh, All of that post-traumatic stress is real. real. This is no different than going to Vietnam, no different than going to the Persian Gulf War. uh, None of those type of uh, instances. Uh, even in some of our rough communities where you go through urban survival syndrome, it is still a form of PTSD to be in, to be incarcerated in a prison where you're inundated with mm-hmm. violence on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of
0: trauma to live your life through. It absolutely is. And I started out by saying thank you for your, for your vulnerability and your authenticity. And this is precisely why. Because you had to go back and revisit these painful places in order to share it publicly, knowing that there's going to be repercussions for doing so. So so, so your courage, your resilience, it's an inspiration to us all. We don't deserve it, but we're so grateful that you would be willing to share it. And the least we can do is support this book project of yours.
1: Uh, it is available everywhere that books are sold. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Um, Baker, Baker Publishing is our publishing house and the book is available in hardback wherever books are sold. Or you could go to our website, at foxandrob.com and you can order from your favorite retailer on our site as well but we would appreciate you getting the book um those that have read it have told us that it's a page turner that they haven't been able to put it down (laughs) and i mean you know that's what they keep telling me (laughs) They,
0: they speak in truth i had intended to to read just a little bit i had a little window of time uh and read it slowly over time and i just couldn't put it down that little bit of time Doubled and then I found myself picking it up again and again. It's just a compelling narrative. And again, thank you so much for sharing it. I will also be doing a book giveaway of the book because I definitely want my followers to tune in and and follow along. Great and best of luck to you on your
2: campaign. Thank you for anyone that's listening that might be suffering from reading anxieties. We do have the book available in audio as well. That is also told in our voices. So if you would prefer getting <laughs> it that way. <laughs>
1: We're going to make fantastic. it easy on you. Yes, and Jamar, if you find yourself a in the great city of, of New Orleans, yes, you better call me. And Ron, He cooks a mean breakfast and I do some really nice dishes.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I'll just say as we close, um, there are people who you can sense the Holy Spirit's presence. And I think because of, what you've been through, the way you've maintained faith, the way God has upheld you, I can even feel it through a screen. And so you're blessing people just by being around them. And so I thank you for your your energy, for your openness and, and your grace. And I'm just affirming what you, I hope, already know is that uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. You're doing the work of justice. You're doing the work. Thank of you